This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So Ezekiel is told, there's only one hope for these bones so that they're going to be able to live. They, you have to speak to the dry bones and they have to, you have to speak the word of God to them and they have to hear the word of God. Twice in this passage, God told Ezekiel to speak to dry bones and to address them as dry bones. God told Ezekiel exactly what he was to say to the dry bones. Verse 4, again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these dry bones and say unto them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That was verse 4. Verse 12, verse 12. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and bring bring, bring you into the land of Israel. He's supposed to speak to dry bones. I mean, that's like you and I doing something insane, like going down to the hospital, to the basement, to the morgue, and, 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 and finding a dead corpse and saying, oh, dead corpse, hear God's word. I mean, that's kind of like the picture, only it's a little worse. It's not even, it's not even dried up bones. If we did that, the, the pathologist would, would, would call the psych services. Yeah. And we can imagine Ezekiel saying to himself, preach to dry bones? Call them by the name dry bones? They can't hear me. They're just dry bones. Is that what you want me to do, Lord? You want me to speak to dry bones? And God said, that's exactly what I want you to do. Speak to the bones. And what am I supposed to say to the bones? And he says, what you're supposed to say to the bones is bones here. I'm giving the bones the capacity to hear the word of God. It's called the word of life. So hear the word of life. So God told Ezekiel, the only hope for these bones is if they hear the word of God. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. It's all about the Bible. It's all about hearing the word of God. 
As it says in Romans 10.13, Romans 10.13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How should they believe in him in whom they've not heard? How should they hear without a preacher? We think that we can convince a lost person to believe if we just tell them our testimony or we, we got a story we can tell them. We think it's going to go, this, this lost, it's going to persuade this lost person. I know it can. And we're so wrong. It's the word of life. It's the word of God. It's the Bible. That's what has the power to persuade and convince the lost to come to God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Where's the gospel of Christ? In the Bible. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Romans 1.16. As we just read, Romans 10.14. How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? They haven't heard. What's necessary for a person to come to the Lord Jesus Christ? He has to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how a person hears from the Lord. It doesn't matter how. You know, I, I have a friend and... Orthodox rabbi friend, and um, he's always trying to get me to come back into the tent, as he says it, the ohel, the, which means the tent of Judaism. Come back, Tom, come back. You've left the tent. Come back in. Come be part of us again. Join the Jewish people again. Forget about Jesus stuff, what he's always saying to me. He says, you, you, poor, little, you poor little boy, you said, when you were growing up, you didn't have a Jewish education. Oh, so sad. You know, you went to temple and you did the thing you had to do, but you never studied. You don't know the Talmud, he says to me. So recently I said to him, okay, you're right. I don't know the Talmud. You know the Talmud. You can teach me the Talmud, but I'll tell you something. You don't know the New Testament, and I can teach you the New Testament, I told him. So I said, why don't we do this? One day I'll sit with you on the phone. And you be the teacher, I'll be the student, you teach the Talmud. I'll be a good student, I'll listen, I won't argue. I said, we'll do that on one day. The next day, we reverse the roles, I'll be the teacher, you be the student, and I'll teach you the New Testament. He said, fine, great, because he's thinking, he's going to learn the Talmud. And I'm thinking, he's going to learn the New Testament. And so that's how we're proceeding on. Because, why? Because the New Testament is the Word of God. The New Testament is the word of God. It's about the Lord Jesus. And it doesn't matter if a person is reading it from a I want to know point of view or from a critical point of view. There's power. There's power in the word. So Ezekiel is told, hear the word of the Lord. Then God told Ezekiel the reason that the bones would live. He said in verse 5, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So God wanted Ezekiel to understand that if these bones are going to live, it's only going to be for one reason. And it's what, I keep on going back to what Scott and Lydia just saying. Empty that thou shouldst fill me. In verse five, I will cause breath to enter into you and you will live. Verse 14, put my spirit in you and you shall live. Man, after he was created at creation, was not a living soul. He was formed out of the dust. But it's very specific 
about how man became a living soul in Genesis 2.7. Genesis 2.7. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Well, that's pretty graphic. God makes man of the dust of the earth, and then God puts his mouth over the nostrils of man and breathes into him the breath of life. And that's how man became a living soul. Man was made, but man didn't have life. Man looked like he was alive, but he was not alive until God breathed into him the breath of life, the living soul he became. And that's why the, that breath that God breathed is called the breath of life, the breath of life. It's a breath that gave man life. A lost person today has a pulse, his body's alive, but in his soul, it's dead. His soul is dead. It's not alive until Ephesians 2.1, until Ephesians 2.1. You have he made alive. You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Dead, walking in lockstep, with the interests of the world, with the beliefs of the world. So Job put this difference between body life and soul life when he said in Job 33.4, Job 33.4, the spirit of God hath made me and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. So the sequence for Ezekiel, the preacher, he preaches the word of God, And then the lost hear the word of God, and then God breathes into the lost his breath of life. And that's how they transform from being dead to life. Verse six, and I will put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. What happens is, you shall know that I am the Lord. This is so important, it's repeated three times. Repeated in verse 6, you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 13, you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 14, you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. What's the big deal to knowing I am the Lord? The reason it's so important is because it represents the great change in the whole house of Israel. There's one person that unites all the Jewish people. One person that unites all the Jewish people. It's not Moses. It's not the Messiah. There's one person that unites all the Jewish people. As you know, I set out to become an Israeli citizen under the Israeli right of return, the law of return, which gives every Jew the right to become an Israeli citizen quickly. And in that process, I had my citizenship interview with the Jewish agency in Los Angeles. And I was asked one defining question. And one deciding question, and the question was, do you believe Jesus was God? That was it. You can believe in Buddha. That's fine. You can be a Jew. You can believe that there's no God. Nah, join the 80% of the rest of the Israelis. That's fine. You can believe in Hare Krishna. That's okay. You can be a Jew. But you cannot believe in Jesus and be a Jew. That's the one person that unites all the Jewish people to be against 
That's it. There's only one central belief among all the Jews. Ask the Jews, what does it mean to be a Jew? Oh, you, you, nobody has. <laughs> what does it mean to not be a Jew? Can a Christian be a Jew? Oh, 100%. Cannot be a Jew if you believe in Jesus. And the question that all the Jews have is the question that Paul asked God in Acts 9.5. Acts 9.5, when Paul said, who art thou, Lord? Who are you, God? Who is God? Is there God? And if there is, who is he? That's the question. And the answer that came to him in Acts 9.5, Acts 9.5, he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. And this is what the Jewish people will gain when verse 6 of Ezekiel uh, 27, when verse 6 happens, uh, 37, Ezekiel 37, 6, I will put breath in you, you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Life will come to the Jewish people when the knowledge comes that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is Adonai, Jehovah. So all this emphasis on Israel knowing who God is comes as new life comes to Israel. Reminds me of a conversation that I had with the wife of a Jewish um, Orthodox rabbi. And I told her that uh, because I knew who the Lord was, because I knew who the Lord Jesus Christ was, her reply was, you know who God is? I don't know who God is. And the reason that no one can know who God is is they can't because you only can see God when you see Jesus. It says in John 1.14, John 1.14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld, we saw his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 2 Corinthians 4.6, 2 Corinthians 4.6 further emphasizes it when it says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in the face. So Ezekiel preaches to the Jewish people as he was commanded. He says in verse seven, I, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Ezekiel could say, God told me to preach to dry bones. I preached to dry bones. I preached my heart out to the Jewish people. And after I preached, I expected, because that's what God told me to do, that there would be life. But Ezekiel was shocked in verse 8. But there was no breath in them. There was no life. So with that statement, it is as if Ezekiel is saying to God, I did everything you told me to do. I obeyed you when you said that I was to preach to Israel. I preached and still there's no life. What went wrong? God, what's wrong? I did what you told me to do and still there's no life in them. And then God told Ezekiel, yes, you did. Yes, you did. I did tell you to preach, but I told you there could be no life in them until the Spirit of God comes. One more requirement, Ezekiel, verse 9. He says, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Verse 9, is God is saying to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you preached Israel. You preached your heart out. Now you must turn from facing Israel to now face God. You have to turn to God and with the same fervency, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man. Ezekiel, you got to pray just as you preached your heart out. Now pray your heart out 
to God that breath would come. Pray, Ezekiel. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray this prayer in verse 9. Come from the four winds. Come. That's the one word. That's the word that God says Ezekiel should pray. Come. Come. Like the Lord Jesus told his disciples in, in John 14, 18. John 14, 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. So Ezekiel's first word to God the Spirit was simply, come. Oh, God the Spirit, I need you. I need you to come. That's the hope for the lost, that God would come. Howbeit, in John 16, 13, John 16, 13, howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. John 14, 23, John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he'll keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. The despair of the lost is when the time has run out and they cry to God to come, and he doesn't come. That's the tragedy of Proverbs 124. Proverbs 124, that scene there of people all their life rejecting God, rejecting Christ, rejecting the gospel, rejecting the word of God. And then the tables turn, and now all of a sudden, they're crying. And Proverbs 124 gives us the graphic picture where it says, because God says, because I've called and you refused. I stretched out my hand, no man regarded. You have said it, not all my counsel, would none of my reproof. I also will laugh. At your calamity. I'll mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh, the desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. Distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me. I'll not answer. They'll seek me early. They shall not find me. Hell is a place where God refuses to hear the cries of the lost. Hell is a place where the lost cry to God and God hides his face. As he said in, in Deuteronomy 31.17, Deuteronomy 31.17, Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day. I'll forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. Verse 18, Deuteronomy 31.18, I will surely hide my face in that day from all the evils which, they, which shall come. Micah 3.4, Micah 3.4. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them. There's only one reason why God hides his face from a person who's crying out to be, for God to come. And as Isaiah 59.2, Isaiah 59.2. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And there's only one way. For a, person to, for a person to experience God to stop hiding his face because of their sin. And that way was 2 Corinthians 4, 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, where God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness gives the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the turning point for God to stop hiding his face from man and for man forsake his sin. The Lord is the turning point. So Ezekiel has prayed for God that his spirit should come, the spirit of God should come. Ezekiel is told that he should ask God, he should pray the word come. 
And then he should pray in verse 9, breathe upon these slain that they may live. He's told that preaching to lost Israel and preaching hard to lost Israel is not enough. It's necessary, but not enough. Now he has to pray. Now he has to turn to God. He's told that. He says, you have to ask God now, Ezekiel, for the breath of God to come. As it says in James 4.2, James 4.2, you have not because you ask not. That's God saying to Israel, Israel doesn't live because you haven't asked God for Israel to live. So he obeyed in verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And then he saw life come to Israel. He saw it in verse 10. Breath came into them and they lived. And when they lived, we read, so I prophesied in verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Breath came into them. They lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. They stood up an army to serve God, an army to no longer serve themselves no longer to live to themselves, but now to serve God. 2 Corinthians 5.15, 2 Corinthians 5.15, that we should live, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And then this wonderful promise comes, a wonderful promise in verse 12. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God. So now he's telling Ezekiel, You've prayed to the Spirit of God. You've, you've preached to the people the Word of God. You've prayed to the Spirit of God. Now they're living. Now you turn back to the people and you say these words in verse 12. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. And put my spirit in you and you shall live. This is what God is emphasizing twice. I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to bring you out of your graves. And he says it with such a heart of compassion. Behold, oh my people. He's feeling the misery of his people. He's saying that feeling the misery of no hope. The misery of feeling like they're cut off. And he's saying it's all going to tender call now to God, uh, from God to them. When he says, I will open your graves. I'll bring you up out of your graves. Don't worry, my people. I'm going to open your graves. Open and rescue. This is what happened when the Lord Jesus died in Matthew 27, 50. In Matthew 27, 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. The graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, went into the holy city and appeared unto many. This is what the Lord Jesus said. He said in John 5, 28, John 5, 28, Marvel not at this, but the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. He dies on the cross and in so doing, People come out of the graves because he's just a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, the hope that you give for the dry bones. Thank you for your spirit being the spirit of life. Thank you for your breath being the breath of life. Thank you, Lord, for how there's hope for Israel. Thank you that you are a grave-opening God. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.